Welcome to Screen Tone Club, episode 9. This is being recorded on the 27th of October 2019 and will be coming out on the 29th of October 2019, about Monday-ish, hopefully. Um, I'm already backed up because I have a bonus episode to edit. Whoops. Uh, this is your fortnightly look at manga with a focus on joint discussion. We try and keep the show slightly tighter so it doesn't balloon into yet another podcast. Um, as has been discussed in previous episodes, Andy is currently um, otherwise engaged. He is currently doing battle on the field of the Excel Center in London as part of MCM Comic Con. Um, he is rep- representing his day job there. And I think about this kind of time of recording, he's probably about three drinks deep, and I do not blame him one bit. So I have called in a very exciting pitch hitter, um, someone who I've podcasted with before, and I'm really glad to have any excuse to have back on again. Um, better introduce him now. It's Pats. How you doing, Pats? If you want to give you a hey. full proper introduction. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, hey, glad to be here. Uh, sorry, I'm not as British as these guys, but uh, I'll I'll do my best to talk about manga anyway. Um, yeah, I'm the host of the Cockpit, which is at the co- thecockpit.net. It's a mecha related podcast, primarily focusing on anime, uh, some tokusatsu stuff, um, and some convention stuff more recently so if you like robots uh go listen to that and uh you can follow that at cockpit pod on twitter and then i'm pat's prime on twitter yeah definitely a pro follow if you want the obari picture you know that one <laughs> that particular yeah. one uh i didn't i'm not trying to put you on blast here but did you ever did you ever record that that um braves series panel you did at a convention i remember when i went and saw mm. that that was, that was real fun um no i kind of really want to do that again um now that it's been a couple of years um i'm trying to bring a couple of those things back into rotation uh so especially that because there's a little bit of revival there going on because there's like a new gal Gygar sequel thing coming out uh the really yeah so there's a there's a light novel um earlier this year and then there's a manga version of it that just started like the first chapter ran i think this week or last um so there's like a new it takes place like 10 years past final um so the two boys are both um like teenagers now and fighting monsters and piling robots and stuff sounds super cool so yeah are they gonna be even moodier holy cow i mean probably (laughs) um Um. i i hope they end up like animating that stuff too because it would be really cool and it's kind of the right timing to start um doing something like nostalgia around that stuff. So yeah, like as much as I like robots and ironically, I end up talking, I chose robots for this. Um, I've been consuming or reading a ton more manga uh, myself than kind of ever before. So I'm like always looking for excuses to talk more about manga I'm working on doing something myself with that uh, coming up. I was hoping it would be out by this, but it's not. Uh, so, yeah, a lot of manga talk in the future. Yeah, that sounds great. We'll have to when when that comes to fruition. You'll have to hit me up, and we can do some crossover thingy. I don't know. Christ, yeah. I, talk I, more I, about manga. Yeah, hell yeah! Like, gotta justify this pile of books I got behind me. But, yeah, yeah. So we, as you may expect, we have like a mecha robot fo- field episode to come. Um, mm-hmm. One quick thing to mention, um, we have a Patreon, as mentioned. Thank you ever so much to everyone who has chipped in. As mentioned, it's 
very easily putting away our coasting bill, which is the one impediment, frankly. Um, it's just keeping that thing running. And um, thanks to your votes, we have now have our first bonus episode, which will have come out shortly before this does. Um, if you want to listen to that bonus episode, you can join the Patreon from like $1 a month. And that might not seem like a lot, but it is really important just for like small, tiny amounts really add up very, very quickly. And it's really nice to know that people like are excited. Um, the first bonus episode is on... Um, Oh, we've just recorded it and I've completely... Fi- oh, it's on Wotakoi. Um, Love is hard for otaku. There you go. Um, Heck yeah, good sh- good stuff. We got we got a lot out of it, actually. I'm quite... I'm honestly slightly shocked about how long we went for, went for it. Um, I so, love that comic. Yeah, I we had some things to mention about it, but like, yeah, it's a... It, I really like that comic. Like, I still haven't watched the anime because anime is something that evades me at this point in life, but... Yeah, I mean, the anime is good. It's more or less a straight adaptation. Mm, yeah, like they just the adapt the titles. chapters like one to one. Yeah, and they they saved the best bit for the last episode. Oh, good, cool. Which, yep. which was when they um all uh they're all drinking together and they ask who who everyone's first waifu was. <laughs> God, uh, which is my I, favorite bit. God, I've had stupid pub conversations like that. It's always it never ends well. Oh, no, man. Okay, cool. So, um, as Andy's not here and it'd be cruel to move on without him, um, we're going to be skipping returning champions. I have a few series that I've been trying to catch up on. I spent a weekend with someone who was basically missioning through the entire of Promised Neverland and kept telling me, like, dropping very slight hints about it. So, thanks, Paul. I need Um, to read that still, too. It's so good, dude. It's real fun. It's, yeah, episode volume five is a weird lull, but after that, it's off to the races. Man alive. Okay, also, cool. volume two of the Voynich Hotel is out, so everyone should go buy that. Yes, yes, definitely. I have that in my like wish list thing on Bookwalker. Bookwalker, yeah, that's it. Jeez. Um, cool. So, moving on to the first manga of this evening. Um, so, this was my pick, and it was the Elliot Page demand to actually use Comic Walker for once, which is a like Kodansha provided free comic site, but it's bad. Um, but the implementation is bad. Um, but I picked Gundam The Origin. Um, I picked this because I the I always wanted to read it. Vertical released it in 12 volumes, big, hardback, luscious volumes that I could not afford or have the space for. But Comic Walker is releasing it one chapter at a time, completely legitimately and legally online. Comic Walker, it's worth noting, as both me and Pat kind of walked straight into used to have mobile apps for Android and iOS, but they have since been deprecated. And if you had previously downloaded them, you get a big old honking message that says, yo, no, and you have to use the web reader. But the web reader works fine in mobile browsers, um, except that I still had the freaking address bar constantly, so I had to shuffle it about, but whatever. Small small peanuts. It's like worth noting that Gundam The Origin is like one of two things that still get updated on Comic Walker. Yeah, there's a, there's the, a really, the English Comic Walker. Yeah, there's a hilarious um, release schedule and you can see the two items and it has every day listed out in the table and it's just two items. It's it's really maddening for me because I've I've been keeping an eye on Comic Walker since it released and it's like you could do so much with this. You have all these properties and one chapter and you have next chapter release date set to quote undecidedness. And it's like, ah, God, it's so annoying. Um, especially because like, it seems to care so little for English readers that when you go there, you generally have to force it to go to English 
and the Japanese site has so much stuff. It's it's kind of hilarious, like just how much stuff is there. Um, and it has it's been hit with the like Japanese web design stick, so you can barely find anything. Um, but Gundam the Origin, um, Gundam the Origin is drawn by written and drawn by Yoshikazu um, Yasuhiku, um, who was the original character designer for OG original Gundam and, and the animation director. And oh, yep, sorry, thank you. Yes, did not know that. Um, and the animation director. So you know, very, very much legit, cut from the same cloth. Like you know, one of the minds behind it is still present. There are some differences according to the Wikipedia page, but I'm only one volume in so far because that's what was mandated for this. Um, so the main thing I'll say about the Gun of the Origin is it's right from the off is it's very luscious and it really grabs you and draws you in really quickly from like page one. Um, like in four pages, it's set out the state of the universe, you know, oh, universal century, mankind's in space. War still carries on because people are jerks. Um, there's a more, it's more, you know, it's, a, it's better written than that, certainly, but that's basically the lowdown. Um, as a quick note, I am somewhat of a Gundam deliant. Like I have read the, I've watched the first, the trilogy of a new original series movies. I have watched a few spin-offs, you know, like G Gundam, Gundam Wing, Gundam Blow. Um, I've watched half of Iron Blooded Orphans, but I'm very much a like fair weather Gundam fan. Um, mm. I have watched Gun- the OAVs of Gundam: The Origin, however, and I did get slightly confused at the start because Gundam: The Origin, the OAV series, starts like chronologically as far back as you can go, whereas the manga Gundam: The Origin starts off at the start of the original TV series Inside Seven when you are introduced to Amro, um, Sailor, uh, Bright, and Fraubo, Harrow, the green robot ball thing, and the titular Gundam, RX-78, I think? I, yeah. Yeah, RX-7802. You get 01 for about six pages before it gets its face caved in, mm-hmm. um, which is also badass. Um, yeah, but- the, so the OAVs, more or less, or the movies or whatever you want to call them, more or less adapt volumes five and six. Oh, okay. Like five, six, and maybe a little, more or less five and six. So it's like, because it's a huge flashback arc that happens in the middle of the manga. And that's what they adapted, because that's also the part that was like, not, it's not part of the TV show. Yeah, it's the it's the origin origin part, I suppose you could say. Yes, I don't know. The main thing I remember from watching the I I bought the four OAVs are out, out here, and the one I remember from watching two of them in the cinema was Yo, Rambo Rouse in this. You should be excited. Thumbs up. Um, yeah, the girl he's very from, good. He's very good. Girl from the Gulf remains the only gunblood I've ever put together um, because Rambo Rouse exists. I don't know. He's a cool dude. Whatever. Sue me. Um, but yeah, it's, so the main thing I'll say about Gundam Origin, even as someone who knows enough to be slightly dangerous and then get picked apart by someone who knows better about Gundam, is it really jumps you in real quick. Um, also, so you get you, you get introduced to the characters really quickly, and it really gets you going. Amuro is, like, if it wasn't already obvious, maybe it's just because I'm reading it for the nth time, but dude is basically on the spectrum. Like, he clearly is, there's, you know... The, like new, I don't know if new type is exactly also a marker for autism or something, but man, guy clearly exists on a different plane, which you know just makes him more of a fascinating character where he's kind of hapless but also very principled and you know well maybe just obstinate really rather than principled. Yeah, I think obst- obstinate is definitely the right word. Yeah, like yeah, he's just getting his ban- panties in a twist and 
Bright is also a fascinating character because he's, you know, he's press ganged into being the ship's captain. He is very much a like product of schooling rather than actual warfare and kind of shits his pants constantly, but then has to be a big, big, tough, hard man and kind of tries to pull it off. I don't know. I feel like without Mirai there, he'd be a complete pile on the floor, um, quite frankly. Uh, Mirai being the lady who is press ganged into being the, like, basically navigator and helmswoman. Um, but the main thing I'll say about the manga in particular, and I know I keep saying this, but the one thing that's also very striking about it is the, um, it's all in color. The whole thing's full color and it looks amazing. The main reason why it has this very painterly watercolor look, but every single panel has like a limited palette of colors and a color range it goes between, usually like a gradient and such or multiple colors, but only a set limit. And so it's not like every single panel is the entire spectrum of color, but this gives it a really intense look because, you know, the, the look of a panel and even a page can be dictated by the colors that are used in it, how it gradiates between the different areas. Like you have people who, you know, it changes the mood of things where you have a pilot who's trying to assess the situation and it's a, it's blues into whites. And then the next one, he's going in for an attack and it, you know, it's oranges into reds and it's like, whoa. So it really, I don't know, I don't know. Maybe, it's, maybe I was kind of like staring at this too much and give it too much credit, but it really helps the feeling of it. Like it really grabs you along. Uh, I think like, okay, so a couple things. First, I want to mention that the color edition of this only exists on Comic Walker. Oh. Uh, it there, it might be in print in Japan in color, but I'm ninety nine, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. I'm pretty sure it's not, um, and it's definitely not in the U.S. So, like, the full color edition only exists on this website. So it's the only place you can actually experience it. I will say, like, the color, it's, like, the coloring in this is the same as, like, the color pages that are in the physical edition. Yeah. uh, Where it has that kind of watercolor look, and it's really, like, limited color palettes. And it's definitely used as part of... uh, the storytelling, like the color palettes change based on what's going on around them. Mm. Uh, and I think uh, one of the best examples of it in this first volume is actually the opening pages. Uh, so the opening pages, like this prologue bit, it's like six or seven pages. And it's more or less like a comic version of the opening narration to mobile suit Gundam. That's in the first chunk of the show. Mm. It's basically, so, you know, everyone mankind moved to space and they lived in space and then and then war happens and the what it does that i think is great is like mankind lived in space and it's got like greens and blues and then war happens and everything is red and everything is stark and it's all like harsh colors from that point on and then it closes on again the colony drop like in panels which is freaking great um because frankly like of everything in mobile suit Gundam, that opening narration for those early episodes is one of the most incredible things about it because it sets such a tone. And this does a great job of replicating that in yeah, six pages or whatever it is. Yeah. It sets up this whole thing of like, Hey, this isn't the be all end all. Like this is just one story in this whole messed up war. And arguably the worst stuff already happened. Like you're half, the, like it even tells you straight up on page like six It's like, Oh yeah. Half of humans pop humankind has died. It's like, mm-hmm. well, yeah. So it's a quick catch up if people aren't really okay with Gundam, but basically as mentioned, it's moved into a new calendar. It's 0079 in the universal century calendar. 
mankind has moved into space. Um, there are now lots and lots of space colonies at various Lagrange points around the Earth. One of the colonies starts to agitate for greater representation and then finally independence. The leader of the independence movement is, depending on which format, which, but which one you're watching, I think it changes, but he's either assassinated or just has a heart attack. And he, he's assassinated. Okay, yeah. It mentions heart attack at one, in, one page, in one wiki or page I read, but that's what got me confused. But basically, the leader of the separatist movement is, who is advocating for peaceful separation is assassinated, and in it rises um, the Principality of Zeon. Zeon? Zeon. Um, Zeon. Who, Zeon, who are basically this intensely corrupt, corpulent family of very colorful assholes um, who have made basically bipedal weapons technology mobile suits, which they then use to basically just stamp the stamp on the, federa- the remaining Earth Federation. And so it precipitates a big war both on the ground and in space. And this is where the series picks up where the Earth Federation forces are trying to make a new mobile suit weapon to counter the current military stalemate. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the titular Gundam is like that weapon, even though it's basically just out of the factory, still in shrink wrap when you first see it. Um, one big difference that matters between this and the original, t- original movies I watched is that Amuro doesn't just fall into the Gundam and read a manual with a big V on it. Like he actually reads up about the Gundam like by hacking everything. So that's one other thing he does is he's now like an amazing hacker. Um, but he learned about the Gundam from that. So <laughs> that because yeah, his because his dad was the lead engineer on the project, so he hacked his dad's files. Yeah. Also, the single most unlikable character in like so far, like. I get it. Amaro's dad is very much one of those results-focused characters, but holy shit, dude, you are an unpleasant fuck. Mm-hmm. So, Jesus. Uh, he's, he's never happy in any panel he's in. It's amazing. Um, but no. then you, you get this, um, you, this military secret base called White Base. Basically, ha- they pick up a bunch of refugees off the exploding colony where Amaro lives, and so they get press-ganged into service um, as crew and pilots of this weapons base. And so the important thing is this colony where they've been developing these these Gundams yeah. um, was actually supposed to be a neutral colony. Yeah. It, and, yeah and but they, both sides know that ain't, a, that ain't true. Yeah. So. And they've been developing these weapons here. And then a Xeon ship spots it. Uh, and discovers the weapons and then just starts wrecking shit inside the colony. Basically, the colony's collapsing, mm. so they have I mean, to get everyone off of it. Yeah, I mean, the one thing I'll say definitely about this um, Gundam: The Origin, especially coming back to from this from watching you know the previous movies and all that blarky, but it's really wild how much time you spend with the Zeon like foot sloggers um, in their Zaku's, which you know, yeah. as if it was not obvious already from the history of Gundam and robots is that, man, the Zaku could not be any less of an iconic design, could it? It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Like, you got the eye, the breathing apparatus thing, the, like, the very, the, the shoulders, the cool spiky shoulder and the shield shoulder, and just all the bits and pieces that make it look really kind of just there to get shit done, um, which also makes them very satisfying to see get kind of fucked up. Um, but yeah, you spend a lot of time with these foot sloggers who are investigating the base going, yeah, they're probably doing some bad shit here. Oh man, it found us. And you know, things go real south for those, those guys real fast. Um, but it's, it's really, yeah. Watching the actual start, the start of the, um, actual conflict that's shown in this, it's basically just a communications mishap that then just escalates from there. And 
Ooh, yeah, it, it really it really kind of makes it quite quite human in how mundane the actual inception of all this all these all this war is, at least for you know the set of characters we're watching. Yeah, they go from it's like because like for Amaro and his friend Frau, like they're literally going grocery shopping. Yeah, like Amaro's just like a, a weird kid that's living alone because his dad's been off building robots, um, and his one childhood friend is still nice enough to like take help take care of him. Um, and they're literally like they just went grocery shopping, and then explosion happened, and they are just kind of thrust into all of this because what happens ultimately is like due to all of these Zaku's showing up, all the soldiers a ton of the soldiers got killed, which is why all these ki- teenagers and other kids are basically thrown into, well, you have to pilot the top secret like warship now because we don't have anyone else to do it. Cause all the people that were supposed to are dead. Yeah. I like the way that it happens by degrees. Like it's not like it has a two page spread where it goes, behold civilians, you know, it, it just happens slowly, like, you know, Frau Bo gets press-ganged into cleaning up bandages, um, Amaro mm. jumps in the Gundam because he recognizes it, and it's flat-out about to be stomped on, and so he jumps in it and kind of, like, bumbles his way through. Um, Bright gets press-ganged into it because he's, like, the commanding officer on deck when something bad happens. Mirai, the navigator, gets press-ganged on, to, on because she's the only person who knows how to pilot such a large ship because she actually did work in that regard and it's it's this very slow thing like you get kai you know the the long-faced purple-haired kid um you know this this the freaking guy who looks like nezumi otoko from um gigan kitaro or whatever like he mm-hmm. gets press ganged into another shit another like gun tank or something and immediately shits it up um but yeah just everyone kind of just slowly gets dragged in and then before they know it like they go to a uh, Luna 2 is sort of miss- is sort of um, base, and that's supposed to be another neutral position, but um, there's weapons here, so I guess oh shit, it's all gone wrong. Like again, like it's kind of fascinating how, you know, you've got this very clear, cold, like stalemate tension where it's like, hey, don't shoot us here. Oh, oh, that's, that's not going to fly anymore, is it? Ah, oh, crap. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's it, but there's a lot of cases, you know, even flat out, like several characters are basically sort of like either dying or watching everything fall apart in front of them and basically spit out the coda of the entire series, which, are, which is like, man, what have we made for our children? This, is, this isn't what we wanted to do, is it? And then they either bite it or, yeah, usually just bite it. So it's kind of fascinating just to see it stated on the page like that. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's kind of what happened here. Whoops. Yeah, and uh, multiple characters also say like... um the these people is something along the lines of the people on this ship might like change the course of the war or something like that. Mm. Like it's like these implications that there's something special about these people on the ship, even though it's just like a bunch of randos as far as anyone is concerned at this point. Uh, yeah. I think yeah. most of it is just because they're trying to get the Gundam out somehow, but yes, yeah, it's, it's wild. Um, also the white base real dumb, like, Real dumb looking thing. I love it when it brings out the guns and it's like these two little twiddly things on the side that can barely move. And it's like, oh, come on, guys. Really? <laughs> you going to do that? Uh, but yeah, like solid mecha design across the board, especially Zaku, as mentioned. Um, one thing I wanted to ask, actually, did you read the um, physical version? Idea? Yeah. Yeah. So how does how does the coloration work in the black and white pages then? Because, you know, I just gushed 
kind of at length about how nice the coloring was but how does it work in the like black and white pages does, do you still get the the grade the the you know the actual breadth of color available at least in grayscale oh i mean like it was originally drawn black and white oh it was colorized online oh okay yeah like, i don't know where this color edition actually comes from or who did it specifically but like it was originally drawn black and white and then just had some color pages like most manga yeah totally yeah so, like, I, it looks incredible like like the like yaz's line work is insane he's an like an actual auteur like type yeah. artist like one of the actual best to ever do this stuff and like the origin being his you know more or less like magnum opus yeah i guess um he's done a lot of interesting stuff but it's one of the it's definitely like the longest thing he did uh and it's kind of him you know expanding on yeah a story that's already been told but really giving it his own kind of edge and really like i think the thing the origin does best is that it has more time to like spend with the characters Mm. Yeah. Um because it does is isn't rushing as much and I think it helps that a lot. Yeah, I think one of the most helpful things about manga in this regard in having spending more time or more effective time with characters is you can do the whole you know when characters speak and then they have a separate line just outside the speech bubble which is like a throwaway comment mm-hmm. and someone else will repeat rep- reply to that. So you can have multiple streams going on in the same in the same manga panel. You can have characters in the background larking about, you know, like poking each other. And, you know, it all kind of blends together in that way where you can you can tell more in the manga panels than you would necessarily have to in, you know, an animated sequence. Uh, unless you're um, Wrecking Gristia in G, at which point you just do 500 things at once and watch Elliot's brain explode. Yeah. Damn that series. Um, yeah, it's great. It's fascinating, but man, I could not, oh, I couldn't handle it. <laughs> it was too much. <laughs> But it was fascinating because it's like, man, everyone's talking, but then that's what happens in real life. Weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But no, it's, it's, you get a lot of time with just the characters, especially Bright. Like, I know I keep harping on about him, but man, you get a lot of Bright, like just, you know, and you get his expression, like you say, the line work, you see his expression basically yo-yo in real time, like having to like continually grit his teeth and yet kind of want to slink off almost. Yeah, he's like, based, and Bright's such a great character. And I, yeah. I love that Yaz does a lot with him because... Like that, it's so easy to. Fr- He's supposed to be seventeen, if I recall correctly. Yeah, and he, he acts. I mean, frankly, he acts like it. He is yeah. like a wee. He's like a wee babby boy. But equally, he's on this ship, and he's just like, and he he has to do it. Like, if he leaves it, especially by his own standards, if he leaves it to anyone else, they're all gonna friggin' die. So someone's got to step up and whip this whole thing into shape. Or- yeah, he's more or less one of the only only real soldiers left on the ship yeah at least one who has been trained to a certain level you know yeah so so he's just forced to be the captain of this ship again at 17 where he's more or less only done like uh it's kind of implied he's done like um office type work he's never seen any actual combat yeah i think i think some of the other people he runs into are like you know paperwork boy and yeah. yeah, like I say, he, he's got to do, he, someone's got to do something. It might as well be him. Like someone's got to lead him to hell or out of God, who knows? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Either one at this point. But yeah, it's, it's, it's been, it was a real fun read. Um, like the one thing I'll say is that the first volume is eight chapters or so. And Man Live is that, is that deceptive because it's a big, 
volume of manga because the first chapter alone is like 70 80 pages i mean yeah. it makes sense because it wants to ramp you up and get you hype for you know the gundam um so it kind of it kind of needs that space the english edition is omnibus so yeah yeah like... it's it's a it's a big hefty hardback tome but yeah it's got nice paper and it fits nice like i did i honestly did not know that the color edition came later like i'm oh man i'm gonna have to buy this now so i can compare uh, n- n- anyway i mean um, what i'll say is in in my personal opinion uh the vertical edition of gundam the origin is the best western physical manga release period Hmm. um i i think it's just like outstanding on a ton of different levels um you know the hardcover the the quality of the paper uh one i mean the work itself doesn't hurt either there's also really cool extras in every volume yeah you don't um, get those online that's for sure yeah and they're like interviews with different creators talking about how important gundam is to them and uh, there's some fan comics. There's like a comic by the uh, the Genshiken guy in one of them, if I recall correctly. There's <laughs> there's a thing with the um, the Vinland Saga manga con. One of them. Uh, I think there's an essay by. Uh... So volume one has three different pieces in it. It's got one by a Japanese manga critic, uh, or a critic named uh, Ryusuke Hikawa. Um, one by Shinichiro Inoue, who is the president and CEO of Katokawa, and one by Hideki Anno. Oh, okay, blimey, Jesus, talking yeah. about talking about the guns. Oh, so dear. that's the first volume has that in it. Yeah, but yeah, I, as I was saying when you were off mic, but like I do, I I I haven't bought physical manga in a while, but I think I'm with you in it being, if not the, but one of the finest like physical releases of a manga. Um. Anyone I can think of that might might be close would be Blame, but that's more just because I really like Blame, and even that's like soft back. And yeah, and like, like the only other one me is like yeah, there's that, and there's the Akira box set. Oh man, I I've got that in my Amazon wish list, and I keep deleting it out of my Amazon wish list in case I weaken and buy it one night. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see what happens there. But no, I I'm really glad I chose this. I mean, it was kind of an, as I say, it was an easy pick because. I, it's on Comic Walker and I keep meaning to do it. So having a podcast as an excuse to actually read the damn thing, a good idea. Yeah. Um, I will admit the web reader on Comic Walker kind of sucks, but like if you minimize the tab for too long, it will basically do the equivalent of logging you out. And so if you try to move pages, it will just go, ah, oh, I don't know, sod it, refresh. And then you refresh and you have to re- re-access it from the um, the chapter menu. And yeah, it's it's weird. So just be aware that the site's a bit flaky um yeah it's not it's not a good website no it's like i say like i said at the start it's basically been hit with the like japanese web design stick um so it looks and like them flat out just giving up on it what well, so why are they ever going to update it again it's really galling because like it's been given up on since flat out two weeks after it was announced and released and uh it drives me nuts it gets me really yeah. angry like it could be so it could be such a force for good for getting people to actually like read stuff legitimately but uh, anyway so, unless you had anything else you want to mention about his pats? Uh, yeah, Gun of the Origin's really good. You should read it. Yeah, it's real good. I recommend it, especially for the low, low price of free. Um, yeah, for real. But yeah, There's... also, like, uh, one thing to note about the Gun of the Origin um, volumes is, this is, I mean, this is, this is maybe more of a UK thing, but 
I see them frequently in more. I see them available more frequently in physical comic shops than I do online. Like online, very, very availability varies wildly. But if you're going to like a Forbidden Planet or Traveling Man or Waterstones, you'll generally see at least one or two of them there, and they're either at or a reasonable discount. So worth keeping an eye out for them. You kind of can't miss them because they're big and they're very, very. Excuse me, they're very pretty. Like that's for sure. You you won't be able to you won't be able to miss them from the art. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, they're very large um, <laughs> hardcover books, and there's yeah. twelve of them. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, because I read up apparently in the history, like Viz um, licensed it in the early two thousands, got to five, got to five thin volumes, and then went ah and bailed. So, <laughs> I think what they did uh, doesn't even reach like it. What they released maybe gets into volume two of the. Ver- yeah, because they released it in like 160 page like thin books. Yeah. And kind of like slummed it. So oh well. Yeah. Nice try. So um, yeah, yeah, don't don't bother with tracking those down. Just buy this edition. Yeah, you really don't there's, there's display no display it proudly on your shelf. Yeah, there's no real need to worry about the old one. Okay. Cool. So moving on to your pick, Pats, if you want to go ahead and introduce it. Yeah, sure. I, I am talking about uh Getter Robo Devolution. Um the last three minutes of the universe. Really good which, subtitle. Really yeah, good. Subtitle is extremely good. So um, this is out from Seven Seas. Volume one and volume two are out now, and it is going on the six month uh, release schedule after that because they're very close to catching up already. Yep. Because um, it's pretty new. And it is a kind of reimagining of Getter Robo um, by two. Okay, so Getter Robo, which was created by Go Nagai and Ken Ishikawa. It's a manga, anime, been a ton of different uh, anime adaptations in the past of Getter Robo stuff. This is kind of a completely new reimagining, and it's by um, two authors. It's uh, Eichi uh, Shimizu and Tomohiro Shimoguchi, who are a writer-artist team that have done a number of different things in the past, including the... uh was it the ultraman, ultraman manga? manga the ultraman yeah. manga that's uh viz is putting out right now that yes. um is getting ready to get a anime adaptation that i believe is going to netflix that uh uh kenji kamiyama and uh uh what's his name oh man um yeah i'm blanking uh hold on i'll find i'll i'll, I'll remember this in a second um because I have to remember now, because it's like, ah, oh, shit. Um, who the hell is it? It's going to drive me nuts. Uh, Shinji Aramaki. Oh, so, God. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. So it's, duh. Yeah. Because it's CG. It's a CG thing, and it's going to Netflix um, next year. And it's a brand new adaptation of that Ultraman comic. This is their, their so they were running, they've been running that. And then they've also got this. They also are the team that did Line Barrels of Iron, um, Mm. which if you recognize the name, you might know it from a god awful um, anime adaptation that Gonzo did years ago. It was really shitty and 
uh, was hugely disappointing because it kind of undermined the chances of us getting that manga because the manga is actually really good, even though the main character is kind of a huge asshole. Um, hey, speaking of huge assholes, uh, get it well, manga. Yeah, there's there's a lot of them in this manga. I would Man, say there's like one like actually like legit. I mean, I mean, people can be like asshole, asshole, or cool asshole. Um, there's plenty of cool assholes. There's quite a few awful assholes, and then there's one good character. She don't last long, and you know from the moment she appears. I'm afraid you're not making it to the end of this volume, Missy. <laughs> like what? She, uh, it's the first. She doesn't survive the first chapter, does she? Yeah, no, no. She she is bisected in the first chapter. God bless yeah. her. Um. So, Get a Robo Devolution is like like I said, it's like a, kind of a brand new reimagining of get a robo and the first volume kind of gives you more or less the stories of how the three get a robo pilots uh ryomo nagare hayata jin and then musashi tomoe are all recruited by dr satome who is like this crazed mad scientist doctor man who's built the the getter machines um if you don't know the deal with Getter Robo, basically uh, there's the space-like radiation called Getter Rays that is like hit the Earth and shit's happening as a result of it. I don't know how the shit happens in this one because we've only read this first volume. Um, yeah. So far, it seems that they are both the worst thing and possibly the best thing. I'm not yes. sure. It's everything seems real fucked up so far. It's very fucked up. That's the other thing. It's a Gonagai comic. Oh or no, it's an it's adaptation great. of a Gonagai comic. Um, it's great. Like I, the, I, I will admit, like I knew I came into this knowing nothing about Gonagai about um, Get a Robo. Like I know about Gonagai in general. Like you know kind of hard to miss him especially nowadays now that his stuff's getting a new airing which is great mm-hmm. but like it's kind of going a guy at a really fun id sort of pace um but equally I, the most i know about get a robo is there's three robots they combine maybe one of the pilots dies or was that just geeky gangar three um but the, the combinations make no fucking sense and don't worry about it if you worry about it you're a nerd that was basically yeah. all i knew that is all correct um so yeah it basically the this volume is really all set up it's kind of setting up who all our pilots are and what get a robo or and that there that get a robo exists so the first chapter is about um ryoma and it's kind of about so he's he's literally so he it's orphaned kid whose parents are brutally murdered and he finds them dead that's how the manga starts by the way that's, that's, page, like, that's the like page first... three yeah um it's uh page uh two oh, um yeah, it is yep you're right page two yeah <laughs> like one is like a like an opening narration and then page two is his parents uh him finding his parents um and now he's you know at, at a new school and he's kind of a sulky kind of downer guy who doesn't like to talk to anybody because he doesn't want to uh get close to anyone again because he's afraid he's going to lose them again that kind of kid but there's this one cute girl who's decided she wants to be his friend because she's also an orphan and just nice um and then there's obviously i'm assuming the asshole you're talking about um but i might be wrong because there's a lot of assholes well there's, um, there's there's the first asshole and then there's just I mean, to be fair, like the Professor Saotome is himself an asshole, but he is the cool asshole. So yes, it, that's fine. 
So in this, like the oh, like once you get to the actual chapter starting, it's literally like these three kids hanging out on the other side of the classroom, talking about and acting like it's a joke about how he finds his how Ryoma found his parents brutally murdered, and that's why he's such a moody kid. It's like, yeah, no shit, right? Yeah, it's um, it's pretty effective setup though. <laughs> that's yeah, it's what you ex- need. I mean, that's all you need to get your robot pilot ready. <laughs> yeah, more or less. And then it's like there's the one girl who is nice to him, but this one asshole has decided that he wants her, and like he literally tricks her into going like meeting them in the park to threaten Ryoma, and more or less like threaten to rape her. They literally say, hey, she said we can have some fun with her as she's screaming, help me. It's it's kind of, yeah, it's it's kind of fucked up the way this thing starts. Yeah. Uh, it's, anyway, it's very, then, uh, it's very expedient, I think, is probably the way to kind of like, you can kind of, I'm not really into like wish it away, but equally, it's a really fast way of getting you up to speed, the whole thing. It's like, yeah, yeah. we got a fucking robot to get to. So here's a rape threat. Like, what? Yeah. It, it's like you're trying to set the mood for the kind of person Ryoma is. Like, because he has, like, he develops like, feeling on some level for this girl because she was someone who actually chose to be nice to him. Um, and the way it gets to the, the good shit is so brilliant in this first chapter. Um, cause ultimately like, yeah, he saves her and then, okay. So it's the next day at school and she's like, Oh, thank you. And she goes to like, get a lunchbox that she made for him. And what it does, I love. So it's like there's it's a two page spread and it's just the classroom and it's her smiling, handing it to him. And then you turn the page and it's another two page spread. And it's like the entire classroom being destroyed and rubble going everywhere. And you see her basically being yeah bisected. Um, and it's just one after the other. And you just see the impact of now there's a giant monster, uh, alien monster outside the school. Yeah. I, I'm normally one who would at this point carp and say, oh man, why would you do that? But equally it's like, yeah, at least they got out of the way quickly. Like it's not like they spent six pages agonizing. Oh no. Like cute girl Chan. I forgot your name already. Shit. Um, this entire, this entire manga volume like moves, which is exactly what I feel it needs to do to get on with it. Like, you know, chapter one, car- pilot one, chapter two, pilot two, chapter three. If anything, fucking chapter two with Jun Jin is even more fucked up for how it treats his friends. Like one of them just gets popped in the head. Um, yeah. Yeah. Cause so the first chapter kind of runs through that. And that's when we were finally introduced to Sao Tome, yeah. uh, who is this crazy doctor man or crazy scientist man. Who's like, he starts spouting off all this stuff about, um, t- like taking power and like, Take, taking what's yours, that kind of thing, instead of letting people take from him. Um, and then Get a Robo shows up. Yep, and that's the end of the chapter, because what else do you need to happen? Yeah, I love I love Sautome because like single most chiseled looking guy, like possibly ever. Like every single panel of him involves some at least three different kinds of shadow and looking intensely maniacal and having like his claw grip appearing in mid mid panel. Like, I just love the way that he, he presents him. And it's like, yeah, this guy, like he even at some one point muses like, ah, oh, I'm probably not really that human anymore because I've witnessed way too much death and I'm a bit fucked in the head. 
Uh, but no worries. And it's it's it, yeah, it's really cool having like mad professor who's like, yeah, I I ain't got time for quandaries anymore. Like I just built a fucking robot, man. Like mm-hmm. get, in that, get in the damn thing. Yeah. So it's and then yes. So the next two chapters introduce us to our other two protagonists uh, or uh, pilots, uh, uh, Jin, who is like like in every other get a robo, an extreme sociopath um, kind of guy who's obsessed with power himself, uh, who's literally, like, just manipulating stock markets, like, because he's just, that's what he's doing to make money. Yeah, the stock market deserved it, frankly. Oh, yeah, totally. Like, yeah, F those guys. But then, yeah, his friends just get offed because they're there when Saotome shows up. Yeah. And Saotome's like, hey... Yeah, that is legit the one thing in this that I can't quite grok with is his friends getting offed. Like, I get it. Secret government project, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, they were just mooks. You know, they were fine. I mean, I will also say, like, I think there is a little bit of Sotome let that school get wrecked. Oh, totally. Like, for the sake of, you know, pushing Ryoma along a little bit. Yeah, like he even says, like, oh, if he dies here, that'll probably be the best thing that will happen to him. But he don't. And then it's like, well, hey, hey there, want a robot? <laughs> yeah. Hey, kid. Hey, kid. Um, you want to pilot my really cool robot? Yeah, I mean, it, uh, yeah, I mean, the one thing about this is, you know, as it's maybe, maybe also because it is going through a new lens of these new authors, but, you know, going to a guy like, you got to operate by his rules in some regard, um, which will let you enjoy it to the most it's like there's no need to worry over much about it like he's going to show you a cool robot thing and that robot thing is going to take you on a magical journey through hell and earth and beyond and just you know you kind of have to just kind of lean back a bit for it yeah he's kind of yeah there is a there's a bit of like you roll with you roll with going to guy you run roll with i, I do want to mention ken ishikawa who's heavily like oh yeah. get a robo is very much his thing um and it's like you just have to play with it by its rules and if you do that it tends to be a lot of fun uh i do want to say like the art for this version like the art in this one is great if you've seen what the ultraman comic looks like it has very similar style the mechanical designs are all in that very like hyper stylized a lot of panel lining kind of look that uh they like it looks um, great. Like it, it looks really imposing. Like and really primal in a way. If that makes sense. Like it's just like you know you can get a two, a, pay, a single a page full spread of get a robo and it's like, damn. Like that's a that. Uh, I'm glad that thing's on our side. Uh, I know mm-hmm. that's the most cliche thing to say, but it has like sweet ass like almost like Metroid Varia suit shoulder ball things, which I don't know. I think look real cool. No, I'm really into that part of the new design because it's, it's way cool. it's unique and they're really cool looking. Yeah, I mean the one thing I'll say definitely about all the the art in particular, like I I have a complaint with the art which I'll get to overall, but I like the characters. Like I at one point you can pick pick out any of the getter pilots because mofos haven't slept in like 600 years. Like they have so many eyes underneath their they have so many lines underneath their eyes. Like none of them have slept in forever. Mm-hmm. Um and, you know, I think it's just one of these things where it's like, oh, they have the burden of power, even if they're not yet doing the robot thing. Like, they're clearly marked by this because they can't fucking sleep. Um, same thing with Saotome. Dude has never slept in 400 years. Um, but everyone has these really amazing, like, light panel light line work in their faces, especially in their expressions. Um, 
one thing I'll say, like one neutral thing and one thing that I didn't really like about the art in, in general, which is more a stylistic thing. But the first thing is that like camera is never straight. Like it's always Dutch angled or like from a strange angle or from below or somewhere. It does make it more dynamic and more interesting. It just means you get, a, you, you know, it, it whips through different camera views an awful lot, which, you know, keeps them dynamic and you kind of need to, mm -hmm. so you can actually get the whole of the robot and the whole of the scenery because series works on a grand scale. The only thing I didn't like is that in every, in almost every single panel, I feel like it's like, it's like a camera zoomed in just a smidge too much. Like it's like 80% of the image and it's missing the extra around the edge. Like everything's just a bit too close. Like even at the end, there's a big reveal about an important plot MacGuffin and it cuts off what I would see as being the edges of the image. And it's just a bit too close. And this happens quite a lot with like the robots and the fighting and quite a few images where it's just, I, I know I keep saying it, but it is a smidge too close and you can't quite get your, I mean, I, I, part of this is obviously a means to make everything imposing and leer over you, but you yeah. I, you, I just can't quite get the whole enormity of the scene and the scope and the scale of what's going on, which is huge, like honking great building sized robot, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. But I just wish the camera was two more steps, two steps back like that. Maybe that's just me. No, I can see what you're saying. It does have a very like, like very close camera or uh, like they're in they and they use a lot of very small panels at times. Hmm. where they're very up close and right against whatever is going on. So I can see where that could be frustrating at times, especially with the, with the robot. Cause there are bits in there with the robot where it's like, you don't get a lot of very clear shots of it in this volume as seeing, yeah. you know, what it really looks like. Cause I can see that like where that could get a little frustrating, even if like the design work is really good. Yeah, it's just one of these things. I mean, it's just you know, just a little bit, around, just a little bit more space around the edges to quite just see a bit of daylight would be really nice. But mm -hmm. I mean, to be fair, it, it kind of happens more with the first like alien that shows up to fuck things up, because like it takes like it's only until the end of the volume, and this might again maybe a stylistic choice, but it's hard to get a proper read on how big and its extent. And then towards the end, it's like okay, here's a big full panel shot of it, boosh, and it's like okay, that's the that's the big alien. Christ, it's big. So you know. Um, but that's my, that's my main complaint. That's my main thing about this series. Also, like, this is physical only. It's kind of released by Seven Seas and it doesn't sound real mean, but it feels like one of their cheaper sort of efforts. Like, it's, it's like a very thin book. It's straight onto the content, not barely even a colophon. Like, it has like a few piece pages of extras at the end with some nice, cool, like, clean robot designs. But I, I, I've been spoiled. I know it. I've been spoiled by using tablets and digital files and such, but I, and big, nice, shiny editions. But I just wish it was slightly bigger, like in terms of page size as well. Like again, and maybe I've been spoiled, but it feels like, especially for something you know as big as Get a Robo, it'd be nice if it was bigger and you could appreciate it on a larger screen. But again, you know, I, I do me. think like because if I, I feel like none of their Dynamic Pro stuff has had digital releases, right? I don't None of their so, going no. to guy stuff. So that must just be a very like, no, you're it right, must just be a licensing issue. Yeah. Cause both cutie honey and devil, the devil man versions don't have digital, but the Harlock classic release does. So yeah. that's the difference that exists there. Mm. 
Yeah, because so, I've, I've asked them for it online before now, and they've gone, sorry, not available. And it's like, yeah. well, we're, we're all there. <laughs> like, uh. mm, Especially yeah. I, yeah, I really want to buy that, that cute honey edition, but I don't have space for a hardback. Yeah. So. And, they, and of the... But I, I will say this, of the revivals that they have licensed, because they've got, like, that cutie honey, whatever yeah. the heck. Um, and then there's they've done a couple Devilmans. Yeah, um, I, I, they, I, I see Devilman, what is it, Devilman G? I've seen Devil- them both physically and digitally, I believe. Oh, really? I think. It's either that or uh, Devilman or Devilman Hades, I forget. There's Suddenly we have a complete and utter embarrassment of riches. Yeah, um... Now I gotta look. Uh, So they've been doing a lot of they they got a lot of these revivals as part of their licensing deals, and that's cool. I will say, in my opinion, of the ones they've licensed, this is the best of them. Hmm. Um, I think it's because it's very much a we're gonna let you play in this sandbox and kind of create your own thing with it. Yeah, I mean and they got, and it's the kind of people that should be doing a Getter Robo, doing a Getter Robo. Yeah, I feel like Get a Robo in particular, like even though as one who's not been the most okay with it, I feel like Get a Robo in particular is one where you can just let the chains off and let people go full ham. Yeah, because like, you've had things like before, like like Shin Get a Robo, and all the other Get a Robo like spin-offs or uh, sequels almost are just ra- crazy go nuts. Like, yeah, and they're not worried about canon in any way. Yeah, the main thing is like, oh, this robot's pretty sweet. Oh man, we just blew up three universes, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, whatever. So yeah, it just goes crazy. Um, so in conclusion, what I need everyone to do <laughs> is buy this and then bug seven C's to license Shin Mazinger Zero. Oh, oh man. Jeez, that's that's pr- actually the best of the revivals that they've done recently. Man. Um that's the one by the team that did Ninja Slayer. So <laughs> you know it's good. Um, I was in yeah. a store a few weeks ago, and they had all of the Ninja Slayer volumes on offer, and I mm. I picked them up. Them. And then I I nearly did, but I've got them digitally already. <laughs> so, oh, well, that's good. At least you have them. I've done that already. Yeah, it's it. Yeah, I, 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 well, although I just had a big moan, I do like this. One thing I will say is because the length is indeterminate, I'm a little bit skittish of continuing because when initially. When you recommended this to me, I'm like, oh, there's only three volumes. Sweet. It's going to be a three volume and done thing. That's going to be real fast and nutty. And now it's like, oh, it's ongoing. Shit. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's ongoing. There's four volumes out in Japan. Yeah. Um, Three is up for pre-order. Yeah, it comes out next. It comes out next year. Yeah, it's it's on it's on stores, but it's not out till February, I think. Uh, Is it Feb? I feel like it's further out than it's March. Okay, so yeah. it's September and then March. So like the last volume two came out in September. So it's on like a six month release schedule now. Yeah. Because yeah, they but... more or less caught up. They're catching up with Japan. Yeah. Uh, it runs in one of the, one of the finest magazines, Shonen Champion. Okay, um, yeah. So uh, it's yeah, moving kind of slow. There's only four volumes out there. And uh, I'm I mean, I want. I'm excited, but yes, I'm be willing to bet this runs for ten plus volumes. Yeah, I, I think I think I'll get onto bugging Seven Seas for digital version. Um, yeah, keep bugging them. I wouldn't yeah. count on it, but keep bugging them. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll continue to try and be polite to them again. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> uh, but no, I, I I did enjoy this. It was a fun romp, especially like as I say, knowing nothing about Get a Robo. Um, yeah, I. I 
I don't think you... I think if you know Get a Robo's the robot that combines, like, that's all you need to know. Yeah. Because it tells you everything you really need to know about this particular version. And it's like, there's there's things that you... If you know a little bit about Get a Robo, you'll recognize some terminology and blah, blah, blah. But there's not a lot of, like... There's not stuff that's like, man, if you if you've watched everything Get a Robo, you're gonna get this. But if you not, if you haven't, you're not. It's completely accessible, I think. Oh no, it really is. Like, and that's one thing I appreciated about it. It's just like, yeah, it, here we go. Like, especially because it's so, you know, it hits the ground running real fast. Um, as if it wasn't obvious already. But yeah, it hits the ground yeah. running real fast. It gets you going, and then, like I say, by chapter four, it's like, okay, time for a chapter long punch up with this freaky alien thing. Um, yeah. So yeah, really, real good stuff. Good robot punchy. Yeah, very good robot punchy. On that note, did you have you read the Ultraman manga by Aichi Shimizu and Tomohiro Sumigochi? Um, I uh, I've read a little bit of it. I need to catch up on it. I'm really behind. It's yeah, good seen, though. Yeah, I about to say I've seen some really positive whispers about it. So the fact it's getting anime is pretty good, especially if it's getting that Netflix money. Um, mm-hmm. Which, as I hear, as I've heard from producers who visited film festivals recently, they're like, "Yeah, they'll just chuck money at you. It's wild. We don't quite know what to do with it." <laughs> it's like, okay, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah uh, it's good. It is very good. Uh, definitely recommend picking that one up too. It's a good superhero comic, more or less. Yeah, especially uh, yeah, yeah. Ultraman having even less. I feel like it has even less like exposure over here, especially in the UK. Like, what? What's Ultraman? Uh, yeah, I was really honestly surprised that Viz even got that when they did. Because hey, they've been putting it out for a couple of years now. So uh, like that coming out is kind of weird, but it's really good and worth picking up. The art, again, very good. Very similar to this. Mm-hmm. Um, a little less violent uh, than, that, than this. Um, but yeah, still really good and still worth reading. Uh, cool. I need to catch up on it. Yeah, and Line Barrels of Iron is great. It'll never get licensed, but Line Barrel of Irons is great. <laughs> Curse you, anime! Curse you, Gonzo! Yeah, yeah it's Come all on. Gonzo's fault. It's got really cool looking robots. Yeah, I, I, that's one thing I remember from that thing, um, from the preview art and such. It's like, man, that looks cool. Uh oh, Gonzo. Yeah, um, it's got really cool looking robots. The main character is the sociopath. Um, so yeah, check that one out. <laughs> What more do you need? Uh, but yeah, I got on talking about Gonzo. I was at a film festival last weekend and they had a Gonzo um, movie. Um, yeah. yeah, shit was crap. Um, it was kind of wild because it was like Gonzo of like the early 2000s just resurrected and made another anime, like just how they used to. It was, it was just kind of wild. It's like, oh, you made another one. Could you mm. not have? <laughs> like, maybe you shouldn't have. Yeah, uh, probably God. not. God, do not watch Calamity of a Zombie Girl, for goodness sake. What a waste of time. Ugh, not even good as a hate watch. Anyway, <laughs> so, um, unless you've got anything else, um, that's that, I think. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, yeah good, good robot talk. Good robot mm-hmm. talk. I have to harass Andy with about more of them. So, um, so for next episode, um, it will be Andy again, once now we're going to free him from work commitments. Um, our next podcast is going to be a live recording, so cross your fingers, the techni- technical stuff works. Um, it'll be live at Hibanacon 2018 in Milton Keynes. Land of Yay. roundabout, <laughs> yeah, land of roundabouts and underpasses and reasonably priced chain restaurants, um, and a honking great Sainsbury's. Um, but we're going to be on Friday at 4 p.m. in I think panel room three. Um, there will be gifts and a giveaway there, so if you fancy turning up, you can get a free load of stuff as I'm chucking things out again. 
Um, for that, I will be reading. We, I'm, I have nominated. We read Inside Mary, Volume One, um, mm. which is available on Crunchyroll Manga still. Um, even though Firefox now blocks that website and t- blocks Crunchyroll Manga entirely because they're still using a Flash player. Goddamn. Um, and Andy has nominated the first volume of Until Your Bones Rot, which at the time of recording and should still be available after this goes out is currently in a humble bundle, both volume one and two and a bunch of other horror manga volumes, ones and twos. Um, it's on humble bundle for like $18. You can get like 12 volumes of manga and a bunch of other two. Um, and don't forget the physical of inside Mari from Denpa comes out in like a month. <laughs> yes new entrant Denpa manga who i actually need to meet message to go hey ha- do you fancy giving us access to stuff um but that's a separate conversation to have mm-hmm. uh, dear i still haven't seen them put a picture of their office cat in the manga announcement picture so i don't think they're a real publisher yet frankly mm. they gotta put the cat the office cat in there um but yeah inside they, they did they did re-edit uh mari i'll just say that okay yeah i haven't i haven't touched it yet at all um, but yeah, as a quick note, Inside Mary is notable because it's by the creator of Flowers of Evil. Also, Happiness, which is another manga that I mean to um, do on this show, if only to gush about it again. Like, I've done it at least twice already on a previous podcast. If yeah. you're feeling like being sad, <laughs> yeah, this, this, this guy's got you hooked up. Hey, man, Happiness is... No, no you're right. That does make you pretty sad as well. It's like, oh, man, this is... Oh, no, this is fucked. <laughs> this sucks. Oh, man. But yeah, like, God... I complete complete side note and last digression, but I made a graph of volume number versus oh fuck for um, Flowers of Evil that I used at a panel convention, a convention panel. It went down mm-hmm. pretty well. Like it went down about as well as a graph an anime convention can. Yeah, yeah, mostly because it's like oh you know it's a bit messed up here, and then whoa dear, off you go. So yeah, man, good manga. Yeah. Also, that's that's coming out in three and ones from like uh, vertical now, which is well worth your time if you want the physical version because it's cheaper and bigger and looks real nice. Um, but yeah, um, there's nothing really to mention. We've already mentioned about Voynich Hotel Volume Two coming out, so get on that if you fancy and you liked our previous episode about it. Yeah, um, get on yeah. that. Yeah, defo. I plus it's again that one's only a three volume banger, so you can get in and out and be done. Yeah. Um, yeah you should yeah. it's really good it is no I, yeah i i yeah we should catch i should grab that and get Andy to read it as well cool so moving on into close down um our website is at screentone.club you can find the episodes there links to um the various rss feeds and website th- and um podcatcher links uh, we're on apple podcasts we're on spotify um i think we're on Podbay. i i'm pretty sure i submitted that application and they sent me a nice email um if you like the podcast Thank you. Um, tell a friend. It's probably the easiest way of getting it announced. Um, if you really do like it, consider the Patreon, maybe, if you fancy it. Um, you can get access to members-only um, episodes, and also you can vote on stuff that we have to read, which has so far actually been far too polite. I was expecting people to like make us read stuff we were kind of against, but so far everyone's been really nice, so thank you. Um, please don't oh, take this. That's... Please, please do not take this as your license to, to make us read more light novels. For the love, they of God. really want to read the first volume of Rising of the Shield here. Oh, so God. everyone, submit that. Please no, please, Pat's. Why, why you got to do me like this? <laughs> I got to because it's. Hey funny. man, we read the first volume of friggin' Elf Bride. That's I know. Nice. I listened to it. That was extremely amusing. Oh God, the volume. One of my friends was like, "Oh, volume two is out," and I'm like, "Get away from me! Get away! Don't <laughs> yeah, you better pick it up." Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if I yeah maybe if I want to put a nail through my foot mm. um 
our twitter feed is at screen tone club and you can also email us to podcast at screentone.club uh finally as a final thing my personal plug i finally have manga search working again um that's mangas s-e-a-r dot c-h you put a dot before the c-h um it's working the u.s version is not working yet i'm working on it um so yeah you can use that to find out where manga is available digitally legally um either for free or for pay um i have a big update to that coming once i can not be terrible at css Hmm. um which i think is impossible but at least it is for me but anyway sorry about that pats you want to go ahead and plug yeah um like i said at the beginning uh you can follow uh my podcast the cockpit where i talk a lot more about robots um at uh cockpit pod on twitter and then it's the cockpit.net is the website it's on spotify it's on um uh itunes and probably other places too um i'm on twitter at pats prime if you want to follow me where i largely tweet about manga and anime stuff i guess i guess i don't know um that sounds about right yeah that that hangs yeah (laughs) yeah and uh stay tuned for more manga stuff because i've got stuff in the works yeah yeah looking forward to that yeah one thank you very much pats for jumping into the breach Um, yeah thanks for having me no it's been wonderful i've I, it's nice to talk about the robot, especially with somebody who knows what they're talking about. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm barely there. Oh, man. I did not even know about that new Gaga Gaga thing. Anyway, I'm yeah. just checking the episode out now. Um, so thank you, everyone, for listening, and good night. Good night.